Welcome to the Solid Ground Podcast. Our goal with this podcast is to have conversations that can be used as a resource to create a solid ground to stand on when walking through life with Jesus in an ever-changing world. This is the Solid Ground Podcast. everybody and we are back with the solid ground podcast and it is your favorite host noah joined by what on earth is that <laughs> it's just a little intro you, know? that, uh, yeah. you gotta just embrace it uh-huh i don't but i'm tony okay everybody's second favorite <laughs> yeah yeah okay but we're joined by an extra favorite guest who is fred leonard fred why don't you introduce yourself hey my name's fred and i'm just glad i'm on the podium getting the bronze Yes, we're just glad he's here. We're glad he's here. Um, Tony, how was your week? Good. Yeah, it's a good week. There's a long pause there. Are you, are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Just okay. wasn't expecting the question. Yeah. Wasn't expecting to get all personal on the podcast. I like yeah, yeah. I like leaving my private life private, and then you're trying to like, you know, Sometimes make I'm me all vulnerable here on the podcast, yeah. and it make, makes me feel uncomfortable. Okay, I'll, I'll stop caring about you. That's good. Okay. That's good. Okay. You'll stop caring about me on a podcast. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I noticed you didn't ask me that in private before the podcast started. It was just just for the microphone. Yeah, I I really just do it all for the fame. But it's it's okay. We're gonna. That's why you're everybody's favorite. Yeah, I guess so. You know, I'm just so relatable to the people. <laughs> anyway, uh, <laughs> today what we are gonna be diving into is I want to know more about lost people, right? So we're gonna be talking about. Uh, lost people. Why do we care about lost people? How should we treat lost people? What is even a lost person? Is this person just not able to find where they're going? Like, what is a lost person? Uh, Tony, what would you say a lost person is? Well, um, uh, yeah, lost could refer to any number of things. But for us in our context, what we mean by lost people is someone who's not a believer, right? Someone who is who has not placed his or her faith in Jesus Christ. And so lost, not in the sense of like, you know, just kind of not knowing what is happening in the world, but lost in the sense of not knowing like eternally what's going on, right? Lost in the sense of not having that same kind of purpose that Jesus gives us in himself of of enduring to the end and being with him and uh, being raised and glorified with him. Uh, so that I lost in that sense is what we mean, I think, is an unbeliever, is a non-believer. Right. And so, I mean, yeah, so these people don't understand Christianity. They don't understand the kind of the purpose around who Jesus is, what that whole understanding is. But what if, you know, they have a different faith? You know, they're Buddhist, they're Muslim, they're whatever. Are those people lost? Like, are those people part of that same group? Because they have a God, an understanding of a God. Would you say that's also lost? Yes, I would. Um, because, so this is, well, now, now, now I've got lots of thoughts going through my head. I think of, because uh, lots of people like to say, or like to think, you know, just believe in something and you're, you're going to be okay. I think of, uh, in the newest Indiana Jones movie, which I saw, uh, not as good as the others, but you know what? Well, what what dragged it down? 
Well, it wasn't directed by Steven Spielberg. Who he? There's just you can just tell if Spielberg's direct. His camera movements are just. Yeah, he's he's my favorite director. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm such a normie, so he's he's my favorite director. But anyway, it was good. It's like music hits, Harrison Ford. It's it's a good time at the movies. But in the movie, Harrison Ford or Harrison Ford as Indiana Jones at one point says, "It's not so much what you believe; it's how much you believe it that's important, mm-hmm. right?" So it's like that's like completely antithetical to the gospel. But I think that's what a lot of the world thinks. It's that what's important is not. It's not important if you're a Christian or if you're you believe in some other belief system or religion or whatever. It's just important to have to believe in something, to to lean into something, to uh, create your own meaning and all these things. And that can feel good, uh, but I mean, I think we see in our lives it just misses. So there's something. One, it 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 puts a burden on us. If it if the problem if what's at issue is not what we believe, but how much we believe it. What if things go wrong? That just means something wrong with me. I'm not believing enough. I'm not believing hard enough. I'm not believing in the right way. That makes that puts it all on me, and that's a burden that none of us can bear. And it also really, by saying there isn't one way, there are many ways, you are saying there is one way, because by doing so, you're rejecting every other way, which says it's the way, right? There's no, to, to you know, you can't be a Christian and be like, I don't know, Jesus, is, he's not, not like, like there's, it's inherent to it, or to be a Muslim, or to be a Buddhist, or whatever. There are certain tenets which you, they don't go with other belief systems. So yeah. I, it reminds me of people will say the people will bring up that parable of the the blind people with the elephant, yeah. and somebody goes and touches a tusk and says, "Well, an elephant is like a tusk," or mm-hmm. when he touches the tail, that's what an elephant's like, and you know all these other things. And the the idea behind it is will look like, you know, all of these things are the elephant. So maybe all of our belief systems can add up into some kind of true belief up top. But it presumes somebody who actually knows that it's an elephant and what an elephant actually looks like. Yeah. Like it presumes this position of of I know over everybody else, which none of us have that. God has that. So we're still left in the dark, really. That illustration actually doesn't accomplish what people set out to accomplish with that illustration. And so, yeah, all that to be said, how I got there, yes, I, from our perspective, Christianity, which says that Jesus is the only way to salvation, he's the way, the truth, and the life, no one comes to the Father except through him, he is God made human to save us. Yeah, from that perspective, if you don't believe in Jesus, if you don't place your faith in him, if you don't follow him, I would say, yeah, you are lost and you need to be found by him. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's also interesting that, um, like, he uses the the terminology "lost," right? It's 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 a, a terminology really just saying like the person doesn't know, like they're they're wandering around, right? Like they, and if you don't know who Jesus is, uh, yeah, it makes sense that you don't have a full understanding of it, right? If you haven't encountered the one that does know everything, like, yeah, you are lost. You're wandering around. You haven't found the truth yet. Right. And that's the idea is that there is a truth, like the statement that you said earlier. You know, it doesn't matter what you believe, but how much you believe it. Um, so the truth doesn't really matter. It's just how much conviction you have in that lie. Right. And so we have to understand that there is a truth, that truth is real, and we need to find it. And when we discover Jesus, we actually see that he is the way, the truth, and the life. That is what he claimed about himself. So either Jesus is crazy. And that there's some other way out there, or he's telling the truth, 
and that he actually is the way, the truth, and the life. So yeah, so that's what a lost person is, right? We see someone that doesn't know the way, uh, as what the early Christians called themselves, the way to the truth and the life. Um, but why... Pastor Fred, did, did we get that right? Yeah, yeah, are we doing okay? Well, I think part of the interesting part for me is you can be sincere and be sincerely wrong at the same time. And there's lots of things in my life where I've been sincerely believing I got it right. Um, like working on electricity. You know, if you don't hook up the the three wires in the right way, it's just not going to work. So I can be sincerely believing I hooked it up right, but it doesn't mean it works. So I can sincerely believe uh, in something outside of Jesus, but I can be then I'm sincerely wrong and I'm still lost. And I think the worst kind of lostness is when you think you're found because you stop looking and then it's it leads to incredible hopelessness uh, in the lives of people. So, yeah, I mean, it's, and then I think for me, the other side is the most loving thing that I can do is tell somebody that what they sincerely believe isn't true. I can't say I love people if I let them remain in their lostness. So when I'm working on a project and I don't know what I'm doing, um, and someone comes and helps me, and points out what I'm doing that's wrong, that's actually really kind because it stops me going in a direction that's not going to bring fulfillment or, in a sense, life, and in this case, eternal life. So it really, really is important that we're convinced that Jesus is true and that we are pursuing the truth, and then we want to share the truth to all the people that are miswiring their own lives and thinking that they're going to be eternally saved when in reality they're going to be eternally lost. So, and because we believe in eternal life, we believe that you go from life to eternal life if you walk with Jesus, uh, but eternal life with God. But we also believe um, that if you aren't walking with Jesus, if you're still in your lostness, you go from eternal life to eternal lostness. And you can't say you love people if you don't point out that they're heading in the wrong direction. Yeah, I think that's good. I think uh, a follow-up question with that is that why why should we care about these people, right? If they're lost, like why why shouldn't we just care about our own tribe? Like why shouldn't we just care about people that already know Jesus? Like aren't those the people we should care about because they get the truth, they understand those things, they're the, going to be the ones that actually care for us and treat us right. Like why should we care about these lost people like, sure, it says to love them, but why should we love these people? Well, I think the simplest answer is because God does. If we really believe the core of the gospel is Jesus coming, you know, the incarnation, um, Jesus became human and lived among us. That happened because God sent Jesus, not because Jesus asked God to come. God sent Jesus because God, it says, loves the world. And when God loves the world, he loves the people in the world. He loves the world in totality. I mean, everything is created by him. But God sent Jesus to die, to pay the penalty for our sins. Um, there's so many ways. I mean, you know, as you know, Tony, there's like a million types of parts of the atonement, like the Jesus dying and paying for our sins. But the bottom line is he took on the wrath of God for us. He paid the ransom, in a sense, to God, to himself. 
I mean, it's complicated, but in reality, it's because of the love of God. So if I know God on any level, um, I will love people like God loves people, which for me in my simple way, the simplest thing is the house is on fire. There's only one exit. If you go through that door, you get in a bedroom without a window. If you take that door, you get up in the basement. That one takes you to the attic. There's one exit from the house to, to life. And if you're running in the wrong direction and I say, well, too bad for you, I actually don't love you. And, you know, we laud people that run into burning buildings to save people. And Jesus ran into the burning earth to save us. And he asks us to do the same. Yeah, I think, yeah, the, my thoughts were along the same lines. One, yeah, God loves us, which is exactly what you said. And that's, that's, I mean, that that's the, the blessing of God being triune. Is because God, we can say God is love because God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit existing forever in the happy land of the Trinity, loving each of the persons of the one Godhead perfectly. Uh, God didn't need to create in order to love, uh, to be loving. He is love, but he created because he wanted to love the people he created. He wanted to extend uh, his love to as many as he could. Uh, which is such a it's such a gift. So yes, God loves people. He loves all people. And then the second thing I thought was, well, the God who loves people, the God who loves us, commands us to then love, right? So if that's the case, then we ought to love too. And then the third thing I thought was, well, to varying degrees, right, of, in our lives, depending on what our testimonies are, we too were lost, right? So it, it to say we, we ought not to care about we would only focus on our tribe is to uh i mean it's a lot of things but in in this regard it is to kind of be blind to where we've come from i think of the the old song amazing grace right how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me i once was lost now i'm found right uh was once was blind but now i see we we once were lost and we needed god to save us we needed people to reach into our lives and love us and so that to me, because that happened for us, whether that was somebody far off, uh, a pastor, whatever, or if it was as kids, our parents, or our families, if that happens, that isn't to say, well, great, now I'm in and I can you know, move on. It's to say, oh, okay, now I can pass that on to other people. Your question, I, I know the answer, I think, but I want to just clarify one thing you said. You said varying degrees of like lostness. Yeah. So clarify on that like am i partly lost can i how how lost do i have to be to be found i was only referring to no i know i just yeah i know i was only referring to like uh growing up in a christian home or not growing up in a christian home like uh yeah i think if you grow up like i grew up in a christian home i believed in jesus at a young age and got baptized at the age of 15 i think nice uh 14 or 15 and like that's and i was lost i needed jesus to save me but it was within a family environment which loved Jesus. And uh, so I'm not going to say that's not lost, but it is, I think it's a different kind of lostness because you're growing up within uh, the kind of the covenant of, of God. Yeah. And I'd say even like for some of my own story of like, when you grow up in a family that is centered on Jesus, it doesn't mean necessarily immediately that you just get like inherited into where you're no longer lost, but you're surrounded by people that know Jesus. So you're protected from a lot of the things 
that your lostness would actually bring um, because you have people that are an authority over you that are actually protecting you from a lot of the results of your what your lostness would bring because your family knows Jesus and they know how to guide you on the right path. Now, and I just checked my baptism certificate, which I have on a desk near me, and I was 14. Okay, good for you, Tommy. I'm glad you. I'm glad you proof checked yourself on yeah. that one. But I think, yeah, it's it's until you you eventually get your own faith, you do get to piggyback on your on your parents a bit, not for you know that salvation, but you get to understand that your family has has you in their arms um, with their own faith, and that's what carries you. And I think. Along all of this, one of the clearest ways that I've seen, uh, really, just the gospel shown with lostness is just the you know the prodigal son, where you really get to see, you know, two lost brothers in two different ways. Is that you have the one that you know I think most of us think about is the the one that runs away and he spends all of his his father's money um, and just uses it on prostitutes and gambling and all the things that we shouldn't be doing. And he eventually comes home, and what the the father says is that we're gonna. Re- he sees him far off, runs to him, and before he can even apologize, he accepts him and says, "We have to rejoice because my son, who has lost, is now found." And then we jump later to the older brother that stayed the whole time, worked diligently, worked as hard as he could, and we find out that he too was lost, not because he ran away, but because he stayed and did it for himself and not for his father. He didn't serve because he loved his father and was like, you know, I'm just going to work so hard so that way you're blessed. He was working for himself so that when his father dies, he would be blessed through all the work that he has done. So we get to see that there are different types of lostness. They're still lost, but there's the one where you go off and you completely rebel from God. And there's also ones that you stay very much true to what the decisions that God has made and the truth that he has put forth, but you don't do it because you love him. You do it because you love yourself and because you want to just achieve from him. So when we talk about lost people, we're not just talking about the ones that are flippantly just rejecting Christ. It's also the people that are doing it for the wrong reasons. And I think that's also an important factor Mm -hmm. that we ourselves need to reassess Maybe I have been going to church for a long time. I have been following the rules, but I'm, I've been doing it because I just care that my parents are proud of me. I just care about, you know, that my girlfriend, who's also a Christian, thinks I'm a good guy or whatever. Like, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You're not doing it because you know Jesus and you want him at the end of the day to say, well done, good and faithful servant. You're doing it so that along the way, the people of earth are saying, well done, good and faithful servant. But the reality is they're not, the person to decide that that is God. Yeah, yeah. I guess the question is, where are you seeking salvation? Are you seeking salvation or meaning or fulfillment? And like the younger brother, wild living, doing whatever you want. Or are you seeking salvation through always doing the right thing, through being a good, through being righteous, through having other people say, "Well, wow, how what a great person he is." Uh, and both of those are lost. And then the only way you're not lost is if you seek salvation in the only person who can actually give it, and that's Jesus. Yeah. Yeah, so we've talked about, you know, what is a lost person? Why should we care about lost people? Now, how do we approach lost people, right? Uh, We've talked about there's people that uh, have good, full understanding of who Jesus is in the intellectual sense, but are still essentially rejecting him. We have people that have no idea. How do we approach people and actually bring them from being lost people to found people. 
Fred, what do you think? Yeah, I think it's interesting because, I mean, we talk about it in different ways, right? So we talk about being lost and need to be found. Um, sometimes we talk about it in terms of being born again. Uh, so you experience a human birth, but you need to experience a spiritual birth. Uh, you know, that's, Jesus uses that. Uh, we talk about people being dead and needing to come to life, uh, eternal life. So they're dead in their sins. And so before I answer that, so Tony, if someone's dead in their sins, what is, what does that mean? If someone is dead in their sins, that means they have not been forgiven of their sins. They are living that lives where they have lived for themselves uh, to varying degrees. Right. So I think that there's so many different ways that, that people encounter their own lostness, deadness, you know, or needing to be born again spiritually, that we really need the wisdom and direction of the Holy Spirit, how to interact with people because people have different things. Some people are living under hopelessness. Some are living under guilt and shame. Some are living with purposelessness. And, you know, you sort of, it's give back to the tool thing. You know, every job's easier when you have the right tool. Um, you know, like I, I need to change the, the kind of the water L-stop, you know, on the, in my house on a toilet, and it'll be a lot easier with the right tools um, to do that. It's doable without it, but it, it's more complicated, right? So you need a hammer to drive a nail. You can do it with a wrench, as I've seen people do, but that's um, not as effective. So I think in terms of sharing with people who don't yet know Jesus, uh, we need the Holy Spirit to give us the wisdom and understanding on, on how to approach that and what we need to, I wouldn't even say tell them as much as ask them. And they can identify their own issue. And then we can bring the light of the gospel to bear on that and say, you know what, there's actually hope for that. There's transformation in that um, through Jesus. Because I firmly believe that everybody was created to know God and is searching for him in their own way. Um, so you want to kind of scratch where the spiritual itch is and call people in. And honestly, I think too, it happens like, I mean, it's great to just go and share with people who you meet in whatever situation. And the Holy Spirit creates a kind of what we would call a God encounter or a divine encounter where that can happen. And I think that's great. Um, I enjoy those. Um, but there's also a lot where you actually, it comes out of relationship where people have actually looked at your life and said, you know, it's kind of like walking into a restaurant and uh, I always look at what everyone has on their plate so I can order something that looks really, really good. So my line is to the waitress, I want what they're having. Or I'll sit down with one of you guys for lunch and I'll just order what you order because you like going there. So I'm going to pick what you get. So I'm not disappointed. And I think people look at the lives of uh, guys like you or, and go, I want what they're having. I want the marriage that they have. I want the relationships that they have. Like, I, I really look at your life and think there's peace there. It's not material. It's not, you know, anything that the world would look at. But at the core, people want healthy relationships. They want life. They want peace. They want joy. They want rest. And when you live a life with Jesus and you're in a relationship with people, I think it's a natural outcome of that uh, as well. Yeah, I think that's good. And I think... Uh, you're touching on something there, which is super important, which is the fact that uh, we can't do anything without loving the person first. And that's where you see in relationships of, you know, where it talks about if you're 
you know, prophesying, healing, preaching the gospel, doing all these things, but you do it without love, you are just making noise. You're not really doing anything. And, and so I, I see that what we see in Jesus is that he loved people so well, and that's when he approached them. He didn't just approach them and, and just call out their sin, which he did do that. Uh, but he also saw who the person was, and he actually met them there in their brokenness and touched them in that point to where they could see that he knew who they were. And that's where people really were changed. We see that in relationship is that you you care more than just come bringing them, you know, letting them have the same doctrine as you. You care that the person is saved. You care that the person actually has life. You care about the person, and then you get to actually share and you see that that is ultimately more effective. Would you say that's right? Yeah, I would say, you know, um, no one and I are sharing a mic, so that's why I keep asking Tony questions. Um, Tony, you know John 3, 17, right? Yeah. Can you tell me what it is? Well, for God so loved the world that he gave his own and only son, so that whoever lives uh, <laughs> would not perish but have eternal life, John three sixteen, And... Uh, God sent his son into the world, not to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Right. And I think that's, that's a key point. Whoa. I know you nailed it. Man. A bit of pressure there, but. but Sweating bullets over here. Yeah, it's okay. We could have re-recorded. Um, we didn't do that, by the way, for everyone listening. Oh, that was one take tone right there. That's right. So I think what we look at often. How close in, I was from door to door. You were, you were close. What what, uh, what we often look at is we like you said Noah you said you know Jesus didn't you know come to just point out people's sin, well Jesus didn't come to condemn people he actually came to save them, so I think the lostness extends into the lives of um, people who say they're followers of Jesus and probably are, but it's, they're lost still in the sense that they don't care about other people who are lost. Christianity has nothing to do with personal selfishness. So if I feel like I'm saved and I'm going to heaven and I, and I don't give a rip about anyone who isn't, that's selfishness. That's not Christ-likeness. That's not loving God and loving the world. That is breaking what Jesus said were the two greatest commandments, and I won't put you on the spot again, Tony, but it's love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. Oh. That's right, which is the first and greatest commandment. The second is love your neighbor as yourself. So you can't love your neighbor without loving God. So you have to ask the question, do I love God if I don't love my neighbor, which is the point of that parable and that story. It's not a parable, but he tells a parable about that. But I, I look and I say it this way. I need to actually care about people's eternity and because I care about people, because I love people. I love God, so I love people. And I, I step into their lostness their deadness, their whatever words you want to use because of my heart of compassion for them, because God didn't come to condemn them. He came to save them. But I think we're often so quick to condemn. We judge people. We're critical of people. We point out people's sin. Jesus didn't do that to embarrass people. He did it to say, you're, you're, you're far from God, but you need to run to God. And I'm God and I'm here in the flesh and I've came, come to save you. So I think it's a heart issue for us. Um, we have, if we, we have people we go to school with, we have people we work with, we have people that we see, and if we're not overcome with the fact that their eternity is literally hanging in the balance, and if they were to die, they would spend eternity apart from God. 
that should drive us forward. And I know, and, and yes, tied in with, we, you know, we live to glorify God and, and that's our number one thing. We bring God glory, but we bring God glory through salvation because the angels celebrate in heaven because someone else has said yes to Jesus and that brings God glory. So I'm, I, I think we just need to be more driven and focused to the fact that we have to love people through longing for them to know Jesus and then laying everything down to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's super important understanding that you're loving God through loving people. Um, and that's ultimately what we see. And if you don't love people, then you don't really understand who God is because God loves people. He loves them so much that he sent his son. And so looking at that, I think we have to, you know, ultimately ask the question like, okay, so what should I say to these people, right? You scratch the surface of, well, it, it changes depending on the person, essentially with what they're dealing with. You have to address who they are, what their needs are. They have, you know, like you said, we're all searching for God, but in different ways. Um, but ultimately there is kind of a, you know, an answer that covers everything, which is the gospel, right? The gospel is the thing that ultimately, whatever question that you have, whatever way that you're searching for God, if we stray from the gospel and try to address it and all the side issues, you actually end up going, you know, a lot of different directions. But if we use the gospel, we you, we hit it on the head. Yeah, the gospel's never a side issue. So, you know, I stood in um, Istanbul and looked at the sign from way back in the day when it was Constantinople that all roads lead to Rome. And uh, all roads lead to Jesus. He is the only way, truth, and life. And the gospel is presenting the good news of the death and resurrection of Jesus that brings forgiveness for our sins. So even though you may you may want to start on a road, that road will take you to the gospel, which not one of the outworkings of the gospel, and those are important, but the gospel is the death and resurrection of Jesus. It's the cross of Christ. So we have to bring people to the gospel, and then they get to choose. So it's great to help the ever, do everything. You can do a, you know, a feeding program or give away clothes. I mean, we do all those things, right? We do everything to, to bless people, but the gospel is the death and resurrection of Jesus. It's the cross, and we, we want to take people there. So I meet with people a lot who aren't followers of Jesus, and I want to share Jesus with them. Um, and I love them at the same time, but I'm not going to miss the opportunity because my love is in the fact that I want to share the gospel. So I think we sometimes get soft on the gospel because we think everything that we do as a Christian is part of the gospel. It's 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 an outworking of the gospel. It maybe points to the gospel, but we have to get to the gospel and ask that question, you know. And I mean they're old questions, but if you were to die today, are you sure you'd go to heaven? You know, and why would Jesus let you into his heaven? And unless the answer is, you know, the gospel, I gave my life to Jesus. I asked him to forgive me of my sins. If it's you know, and I get this answer from people. It's, well, I hope so. Well, what do you think Jesus said? Well, I think, you know, I haven't killed anyone. And, you know, if, if not killing someone gets you into heaven, that's that's not the gospel, right? Like it actually, the the gospel did cost a life, but it was the life of Jesus. So that's, that's where I want to... Also, uh, since I'm preaching on anger this week, we've all murdered. Yeah. We've Oof. all killed. Oof. Mm. Ouch. <laughs> Ouch. Yeah, we all kill. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. J uh, Jesus has this this habit of taking uh, 
these Old Testament laws that we can make neat and tidy and not apply to us and making them universally applicable, that we all fall short of God's glory. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I want to echo everything that's been said. Um, and telling people about Jesus requires knowing this gospel, the truth that God saves sinners uh, like us. It, it, it requires knowing that in and out in our bones, in our hearts, not just having an answer memorized, but, but it, knowing it, believing it in our minds, in our hearts, in our souls, uh, which requires uh, meditating on that gospel regularly, um, daily, in fact. Uh, so that's that's one. Like, if you want to be someone who evangelizes, who who tells lost people about Jesus, you have to know his gospel. Um, and then just adding, basically repeating in a different way what you guys have said, too, is treating the lost uh, like human beings, right, who have infinite value, which is how Jesus treated the people he encountered, right? He, he was with some of the most terrible sinners that we can, outwardly at least, that we can imagine, that we could confront also in our lives. And he treated them with utter humanity, with kindness and compassion, uh, as if they had value, even though the rest of the world treated them as if they had no value. And that is a startling thing for people, to be treated like a human being, when so much of our culture treats us not like human beings, as if we are machines or we're just another data point, or, you know, all these other things that dehumanize us. Jesus humanizes us. And so as we meet the lost, I think that's a good goal for us as well, is to treat them as human beings, to love them, just as we've been saying, to be kind to them, to be compassionate, uh, to not treat them as another data point, uh, but to treat them as human beings whom God has created, whom he loves. Yeah, yeah, that's good. And I think... Um, as we're wrapping up here, another really important thing, which is also based in the gospel, is your testimony. Is that is a this, one of the strongest weapons that you have uh, for battling the enemy and actually coming in and rescuing people is that you get to share the testimony that you have of how Jesus did that to you, and that's a real live example that people get to see. Is that you know when I'm when I'm talking to people, I can you know argue theology all day and, and do all those things, but it's hard when people don't see the, an, an actual example and don't get to actually see, touch, feel like, hey, I was dead. Like, I remember when I was dead. Now I'm yeah. alive, and I don't want to go back there, and I don't want you to stay there. I want you to come with me. Um, I want to bring a party to, to heaven, right? I want to bring a whole g- bunch of people Heck yeah. that want to love you know Jesus and love people, and that's what we get to share is that with our testimony, that is a real-life example of the gospel, of how the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus does change lives and does make people from dead to life, gives people new clothes, new identity, all those things, and that if you have been saved by Jesus, you have a testimony, and that testimony is powerful. And oftentimes it's like, well, my testimony is boring. I you know, grew up in a, you know, a Christian family. I never really struggled with all that sin, you know, you did. But, you know, there though even those quote-unquote boring testimonies, that is the faithfulness of the Lord in your life, that even though you were lost, he was still preserving you uh, through people that knew who he was. And 
that's a good testimony. And that's actually something that's going to resonate with someone that, hey, like I know you came from a really broken area. Um, I did it. And it's because of Jesus. It's because Jesus preserved me. It's because he put people that knew him, that took care of me, like the people in your life who didn't, who didn't know Jesus and actually did the wrong thing. And so um, your testimony is just so powerful. And so uh, just kind of wrapping up is that, you know, look for lost people, care about lost people, know that God cares about lost people. You were a lost person and you have the tools to, to actually care about lost people, that the Holy Spirit has equipped you. You know, the Holy Spirit is the only thing that we really need to actually encounter these people. Obviously, like Fred was saying, like the more t the tools, the better, because you can actually do a job well. But the Holy Spirit is the greatest tool that you need. It's kind of a universal tool that's going to equip you in the ways that you need. And so you have been equipped, you know. Um, and so I just want to encourage you in that when it comes to lost people, there's you, God has given you a purpose with lost people. And that looks different for everybody, but there is a purpose that God has given you, uh, with lost people. So right. yeah. yeah, Tony, any last words? I was just going to say, thank you, Fred, for being on the pod. We want to make this more of a regular thing. And it's, it was a delight to have passed Bible trivia with pastor Fred. And uh, I will. I now I know I need to. I need to come prepared next time. Yeah, I'll. Uh, I'll uh, maybe we'll do the mic together, and then I can ask Noah to quote some scripture. Amen. Amen. All right. So Put I'm on keep, the spot. I'm gonna keep the mic between me and Fred. Uh, not because I can't, but because I sure. choose to host. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's what it is. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for listening, and uh, we will catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the Solid Ground Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, we encourage you to like and share with your friends. Have a blessed day.